2: be honest, I would put myself
1: in the same category as D-Wayne. Now is jumped over the scorers table! is in the stands! This man was a bona fide scrub! He can't play! When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head.
3: Welcome to the award-winning RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, January 5th, 2019. This is Alex Berutha. Next to me is Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K-Train-Kreitz. All aboard! You can find this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, also the Roto-Wire website. We appreciate a nice review. Uh, today is going to be a very just big news day. We have news, injury news, and uh, we're going to go through DFS picks, the typical tomfoolery. Um, so last night... The Warriors blew a 20-point lead against the Rockets in what was a, I mean, it was a huge game. Just in the in the fact that the Rockets at
1: home too, at
3: home, at home. It was in Oracle. The Rockets were red hot. Hargan's playing out of his mind. Uh, the Warriors were two and two over the past four. They've obviously had their struggles. Might be kind of a that might be an overstatement, but they look a little vulnerable. So it was Hargan's fifth straight 40-point game over his past 11 games. Hargens at forty-one points, seven rebounds, nine and a half assists, six threes, and just over two steals a game. Rockets have won six straight and eleven out of the past twelve. They've really they've only lost I think Sitting four fourth. times since December. Sitting fourth in the West. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I guess Shannon, do you think that they are that they've reestablished themselves? as the number two team in the West, the real threat to Golden State?
2: I I still don't believe that there's an actual threat to Golden State. I think once the postseason comes, it'll be a different team. Um, You know, Rockets fans would argue that they had, if Chris Paul were healthy, they would have beat Golden State last year. Um, I, I think they're right there with Denver, Oklahoma City, and Golden State. Those are the clear top four teams in the West for me. You know, would I put the Rockets in number in the number two spot today? Probably not. I think I'm still siding with with uh, Oklahoma
3: City, uh, just because I love the way Paul George's been playing. Um, Ken, I mean, I think you may have on a previous podcast been down on Austin Rivers. I mean, a lot of people have been.
1: Yeah, it's it's a go to for most of us. But uh, I did want to apologize to Mr. Rivers in that hey, a lot of injuries on that Rockets roster. He got uh, scooped up off the scrap heap by the Rockets. He's averaged 37 minutes a game uh, with Houston in the five games they've had him. That includes two starts. And he's shooting 39% from three. You know, He made that proclamation about how he's only going to do layups and three-pointers, which, frankly, is a dream come true for Dell Murray, right? So looks like a match made in heaven between these two. I don't think the minutes stay once Gordon comes back and eventually Paul comes back. Uh, but gotta say rivers has been serviceable and certainly a part of this rockets winning streak
3: yeah and he's he's been important since they the rockets still don't feel entirely confident giving brandon knight more than i think he played maybe like 10 minutes last night i should probably double check um yeah brandon knight got 12 minutes last night so with austin rivers being there i mean that's that's important depth for them because they were hoping Knight you know would be that depth yeah it's that's still very much to be determined night not he might not get right until later in the year yeah
1: uh, minus eight, plus minus last night which is a little erratic for that short of minutes but still he was the worst plus minus on the team
2: yeah i mean austin rivers with with gordon and chris paul out is an obvious dfs play while his con, while his uh salary cap price stays low um He's, played, like you said, Ken, 37 minutes per game in, in the five appearances with the Rockets. Even with Gordon, in, in the three games he played alongside Gordon, he was playing over 30 minutes a game. So I think he's actually a 12- to 14-team league, depending on the depth of your rosters. He is worth a look while, while CP3 is sidelined.
1: They, they just lack depth. I mean, when Gerald Green's getting 30 minutes, they need bench players, and Rivers is filling that role.
3: Yeah, um, so there was another big game
1: last night. Only three games last night total, but two of them were just awesome. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in the DJ Trainer Revenge storyline theme dropping a triple-double while the Spurs host his old Raptors squad. DeRozan posting 21 points, 14 boards, and 11 assists. Blowout win for the Spurs. Guys, we uh two, six weeks ago we were writing the Spurs off as a playoff team. I think we all agreed that they're probably the most likely of the fringe western teams to make it. Um is this does this start off a nice Spurs run or is you know DeRoz- DeRozan not gonna be able to keep this up?
2: Well, they're in the midst of that run already. Um, you know, they're, they're well above 500 now, seven
1: and three, their last 10. Yeah. yeah
2: so I, 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 they're locked into, they're in the seventh seed, uh, right now they're at least going to gain the Clippers are in the, uh, sixth seed, which I think that'll, you know, Clippers are in a little bit of a free fall here. Um, but Spurs been playing well for, for a few weeks now and lovingly
1: fl- embracing the mid range jumper.
2: Yeah. By, by, by a country mile, they lead the league in <laughs> the number of, uh, mid range attempts. Uh, the DeRozan game, you know, I went I went the revenge factor last night, but I was like, oh, it's gonna be Kawhi. He's an assassin. He's gonna go into San Antonio and carve him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was DeRozan, man, and and I should have known that because he's he's always had that chip on his shoulder. Um, I think he's from Compton. He's got he's got some attitude. He's got some edge to him, which is awesome. And last night, even last night's game, like he didn't have to do nearly anything in the second half. It was already a blowout. But, but I don't think he played much in the fourth quarter at all, only 30, under 34 minutes total. Um, that could have been a much bigger outing from him. He just he dismantled the, the Raptors.
3: Right, and we've seen the Spurs, They according to Basketball Reference's simple rating system, which is basically just net rating and strength of schedule, they're up to eighth at this point. They're over the Jazz, over the Rockets, over the Blazers, over the Lakers, teams like that. And it's interesting because they right now – the Spurs have the eight, or excuse me, the fifth ranked offense and the nineteenth ranked defense, which is not exactly what I most people wouldn't I don't think right. I have anticipated that. Um but they're I mean, if you look at their offensive stats and how they rank, there's a lot of like single digits. They're number one in three point percentage, even though they don't shoot very many. Uh they're number one in two point it's all attempts. For trans, baby. Right, and I mean they—they're a very classic Popovich team. They're number one in free throw percentage, uh, they're number two in fewest turnovers committed, just things like that where you can get away with taking these twos and everything because the rest of your game is just so. I mean, it's a solid foundation that they're that they're playing on, so they have a very high floor as a team. And
1: and no one knows better than Popovich. It's an eighty-two game season. You don't panic in November, December. You know sure. he's going to get. He, he knows he's got plenty of time for these new pieces to work.
2: Absolutely, and we I think we we collectively uh, basketball watching masses we kind of just didn't didn't factor in that it takes time when you when you are trying to integrate a new piece. I mean, Demar Derozan, the offense is basically built around Derozan now. He he's got the highest usage on the team. He leads the team in assists, uh, scoring. So with him and Lamarcus Aldridge, it ta- it took a while for them to finally
3: kind of gel. And we've seen that now for the past few weeks. Yeah, and we saw, um, especially for the Raptors, we saw them go 6 of 30 last night from 3, um, which is a little, I mean, that's that's uncharacteristic of them. Um, you know, the Spurs aren't some, like, crazy team, you know, chasing guys off the line, forcing them to miss. They're about league average and defensive three-point percentage, but... Yeah, this game, it definitely felt like it was in San Antonio's hands and it just <laughs> kind of builds on the fact that they were already on a hot run. This kind of cements that,
1: you know, 20 years ago, when someone goes six for 30, us old guys would have said, hey, live by the three, die by the three. Now it's like, gee, maybe they should have shot more.
3: Yeah, <laughs> bring that percentage back up, regress to yeah. the meeting a little bit.
1: You should note, though, Raptors missing Kyle Lowry again last right. night. Lowry's their number two uh and Frank was having a great season before this back problem popped up. So not not a full Raptors squad here, but hey, great triple double for DeRozan. Uh, hey, a trade last night, Alex. Give us
3: the deets. Yeah, kind of out of my nowhere. I can't uh, say deets. So I thought
1: I'd throw that in there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Justin Holiday uh, was traded by the Bulls to the Grizzlies for two second round picks, Wayne Selden and Marshawn Brooks. Uh, Wayne Sullivan and Marshawn Brooks were the two guys supposed to be in the Kelly Oubre <laughs> trade that fell apart. They were already packed. They, they were, were ready to go. There. Yeah, they were already. I'm sure the GM was just you know, making calls, essentially, probably one big conference called every GM in the league, being like, right. we can't. <laughs> he, these guys. These two guys. <laughs> and basically, ever since that trade fell apart, the Grizzlies have been slumping. There was a physical altercation in the locker room be, between Omri Caspi and Garrett Temple um, because of lack of enthusiasm on the bench. It's very, <laughs> I, like imagine you know we gotta be you know, more excited. Jerry
1: Temple, you know this is like the in his like forty-eight year career, is the first time he's been a starter, and he's bitching at the bench about not not cheering enough. Like, come on,
3: right? And Omri Caspi, you know, is like coming off playing with the Warriors, and he's throwing punches in the locker room now because no one's excited enough in Memphis for this, you know, five hundred basketball. Um, <laughs> so uh, the it, ma- it makes sense for the Bulls to trade Holiday. I think people assume he's younger than he is uh justin holiday is 29 he was averaging 35 minutes a game with chicago he's kind of just been one of those guys just eating minutes in chicago the past two seasons it's i understand why i mean the grizzlies had to get rid of these guys but it's not like justin holiday is like really that good like he's if anything he's probably gonna get worse from here on out he is shooting
1: really give up anything meaningful though
3: no sell i mean for the bulls selden and the two second round picks are interesting i mean everyone i mean it's we've seen the sixers do it other teams trying to process you just get as many second round picks as possible because eventually one of those guys is going to become a starter if you just keep picking in that range uh but i mean do we feel like there is any sort of winner in chicago here is just chandler hutcheson is just going to start playing 25 minutes a night is I don't. I think Jabari's coming back another the rotation. The
1: problem with Hutchinson is even when he gets minutes, he doesn't shoot. Like you know, so at Cleveland in a garbage game, he got 32 minutes and he took three attempts, and he had no steals, he had no blocks, uh, he had one dime. You no, know, like you know, he had a 21 minute game where he also took only three shots. He doesn't shoot. Maybe he's playing some sort of defense that I don't see, but he doesn't get steals or blocks either. Yeah, I think – I'm I'm with you, Alex. I think this is just all about Levine and Dunn getting uh, more minutes and more shots.
2: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, Levine, Levine coming off injury, he's played four games. He's only played 28 minutes per game in those four outings. And, and to me, I mean, part of the reason why is because – Boylan liked to play Holiday a, a crap ton of minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with all those minutes gone, some of them have to go back to Levine, which, if, if you're a Levine owner, that's got to make you happy. Yeah. I can't imagine he doesn't average 32 to 35 minutes per game from here on out.
1: Holiday is also like the Bill Simmons, uh, what does he call it? The uh, unjustifiable confidence shooter, like the guy who's just hoisting stuff <laughs> up, and you're like, what are you doing? Holiday. We just take some ugly threes where you're like, that was not the play I just called. No,
2: you know? what about on the Grizzly side? Because I, I actually believe I've seen a lot of people say uh, Holiday is is going to see a, a ding to his fantasy value and yeah. production moving forward. I don't know if I buy that because I, I don't, right.
1: I, you're I not I don't... on the Garrett Temple bandwagon.
2: Garrett Temple, Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson. I'm not a fan of those guys. I actually think Holiday is the best of the bunch, and if the Grizzlies. So the- if
1: a lot great, of money in Kyle Anderson. They're not gonna, they're not gonna bail on Anderson.
2: I, I, I'm not saying bail on him, but you're you're giving a lot of minutes to Garrett Temple and Dylan Brooks, who are both garbage. Kyle Anderson, in my eyes, is garbage. I don't care how much money he's owed. You've got Omri <laughs> Caspi getting minutes. Garrett Temple and Omri Caspi. I, I think it's also telling that this trade happened like the day after they got into a fight post game. So then this trade happens, you bring in another wing who can play over both of those guys. You dump one of them. It's possible, we'll see. But to me, Holiday is the best of those guys who are currently in their wing rotation. I think the Grizzlies are trying to make a push for the playoffs. That's why they acquired Holiday. So I see him actually still you know, not playing the 34, 35 minutes per game he was seeing in in Chicago and not necessarily locked into a starting role immediately. But I think he's going to see heavy playing time.
1: Well, and here's a team, too, that desperately needs some outside shooting. I was dogging Holiday a little for being a little overly aggressive in the shot selection. I mean, he's shooting 36% from three. It's not terrible, but on a team that desperately needs some shooters.
2: Yeah, yeah. he's I, He's been an elite steals guy this year, 1.8 steals per game. I, I just If you're in a yeah. deep enough league where you're rostering Holiday and you depend on his steals, I don't think this trade means you dump him today. I think no, you, you you may stash him on your bench and see how it plays out for a handful of games before making a decision like that.
1: Garrett Temple's like 87 years old or something, too. Like, what is he doing in a starting lineup? I, he's yeah, 32. He,
3: yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, he was that, on... The, that beard makes him look older. He's on the Kings last year as a whole thing. Um, one, one dude I want to bring up for Chicago, I'm not... He's not really a small forward. Antonio Blakeney, uh, pretty, like, not exactly a household name. He won G League Rookie of the Year last year. Kind of a microwave scorer. Loves to shoot the ball. Uh, he like very he he's played over 20 minutes this season in 11 games Is averaging 15 points uh, on 49% shooting and 47% from three under those conditions I don't know how he's exactly going to get the minutes because he's 6'4 and 195 he's really more of a shooting guard but it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow got more minutes I don't know if they want to try playing Zach Levine at the three I just really have no idea what's going on in Chicago anymore <laughs> uh, but if you're if you're in a super deep league, like if you're in a deep sixteen team league or something like that, you got some empty spots on your bench. Maybe Antonio Blakeney. Um, that's very much. Um, that's kind of a shot in the dark. Uh, but uh, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're looking to get into daily fantasy, uh, if your mm. sixteen team deep keeper league is not going the way that you want it to, uh, shat <laughs> it. Right. What? I'm <laughs> gonna you
2: know, I'm gonna surpass you in the standings like next week, Ken. Don't look at it. I've had the best team like four straight weeks. buy DeAndre Trade. Yeah, oh, we probably does, should get back to the good
1: people. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Come on.
3: If you don't want to have these kinds of arguments, you can play daily fantasy, uh, <laughs> and it's great because Rotowire has partnered up with DraftKings, uh, and you can get a six month membership to Rotowire for free. So all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. You sign up for a new account there and make a $10 deposit on DraftKings or more money if you want. Uh, What happens is you get six-month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com. So not just basketball, but a lot of baseball content coming out soon. You'll still get access to football, any other sport you want. Um, You'll get DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, Premium articles, full season draft software, and much more. Like I said, that's all just for ten dollars. You can take that ten dollars.
1: NASCAR season coming up. What was that? NASCAR season coming up.
3: NASCAR season's getting warmer out eventually, um, but uh, you can take that ten dollars. And the fun part is, you can enter that in a contest to potentially win more money. So you go to rotowire.com/slash/draftkings and follow the instructions.
1: I have two disclaimers. Uh, first, my trash talk disclaimer. Shannon, I was referring to your stake league team. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fine. The DraftKings disclaimer. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details.
3: So, Ken, uh, you have a, uh, just a bunch of injuries. I mean, we're, we're both going to touch on it, but if you want to review some injuries for us that will, I think, affect tonight's slate. Yes, we were debating the main topic
1: for today's pod, and we just decided news and more, and then followed up with more injury news. Uh, So just for tonight's slate, the key injury concerns, Kyrie Irving out for Boston with those both eye scratches, odd injury. LeBron out again, missing his fifth game for the Lakers. Mike Conley is questionable with that shoulder issue. The news was really good. Conley's talking a lot about playing, and then the team tried to quell that with the uh questionable designation robert covington out for the t wolves kuzma questionable for the lakers which is really especially big with lebron out and then yeah, back to minnesota teague jeff teague again and questionable that's actually an improvement i think for teague and rose has been de- Derek rose resign uh designated as doubtful uh am i missing any other key injuries for tonight gentlemen
3: uh is marcus morris questionable
1: Marcus Morris is questionable. Okay. And his brother Markef is a lot worse.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's weird because the se- so Mar- Markeef Morris, I get. we'll jump to that super quick. Uh Markeith Morris was diagnosed with transient cervical neuropraxia, which is I don't know exactly what that means, but his neck and upper back hurt. Uh yeah, just and like he's his out- Yes, he's out at least 6 weeks. And interestingly enough, like a day or two ago, Marcus Morris, his twin brother, was like, "Who they also have the same exact tattoos." He was yes. Marcus Morris was like, "My neck kind of hurts." Uh, <laughs> so I thought that he was used very. Use profanity strange.
1: in describing how much his neck hurt It was nice. <laughs> I wouldn't use that; it's a too classy show here. But yeah, he threw some of that out in a live interview.
3: Right. Um, so, I, I guess we'll we're going to jump back to the original point first. We'll get back to Markev. Is there? I mean, do you guys think for these injury concerns tonight? that there's anybody that's a must play or anybody that you think might be worth fading. Just interesting DFS opinions on any of these injuries.
2: Scary Terry's my Scary my, Terry. My, yeah. That's right. That's my, <laughs> Darn that's,
1: it. Go ahead. Shane. That's my ahead.
2: top choice. I it was easy <laughs> to plug him in. He's at Sixty one hundred on DraftKings. Um, that's you know that's an inflated price from what he was at uh, in his previous spot start, but it's still low enough. And, and when you look at the prices of some of the other fill-in guards like like Jones with Minnesota or, or uh, Satoransky with with the Wizards,
1: Ousdale is the quickest to shoot of those. Of
2: all those yeah, guys, yeah, so. I, he's got the highest upside of those three. Um, and, and with Kyrie out, he's locked into those minutes. Um, I am interested in the Kuzma thing because if Kuzma sits, you've got a lot of value with the Lakers already. But those guys, you've got Lonzo, uh, Ingram, Caldwell, Pope, Hart, all four of those guys have seen their prices increase dramatically, drastically in the past uh, week or so. And-,
1: and Lonzo, I believe Lonzo passed uh, Ingram. Didn't he? It's Ball's possible. at 77. Yeah.
2: Even though Ingram's been, Ingram's been great the past couple games. Um, with Kuzma out, Ingram actually gets more play in my eyes. I, I I view him as a better play. And then Caldwell Pope, I'm I'm hyping up for tonight because yep. he's got back-to-back solid outings of, of 30 or more fantasy points. He's the cheapest of the bunch. He's only 4,600, I believe, on, on DraftKings. And when you look at that price compared to Hart, who's already up to like 6400 or Ball or Ingram, like Caldwell Pope's the easiest to slide into your lineup.
1: I think you just, you and I might have identical DraftKings lineups tonight, Chad. You just <laughs> named like every guy.
2: I surprisingly, even though I like Caldwell Pope, I like some of the Lakers for tonight, um, Scary Terry. The other side of the Lakers game, New York, is where I have found the Luke most, and Enos are value. very
1: cheap. Luke and Enos, mm-hmm. very yeah. cheap.
2: We'll get into that later. Yeah.
1: Um, Again, repeating ourselves. Perfect.
3: <laughs> right, <laughs> and I uh, I have to agree with you guys as far as you know if Kuzma's out, the ball is essentially just no you know no going to be in Ball's hands and in Ingram's hands um, most of the game. It's just that wing rotation that you know Luke Walton's going to kind of have to cobble together is it worries me from a DFS perspective that there's so many guys in play, Josh Hart uh contavious called what pope lance stevenson might play you never know svi might get like 10 15 minutes <laughs> is he putting uh,
1: away his air guitar after Wagner.
3: just ashamed him just shamed him with that i he's think? probably actually gonna turn things up a notch um <laughs> he might like do the full-on like slide on his knees as he's yeah. doing. just put on pads just for that
1: the Tom top cruise risky yeah, business exactly
3: nice. um so uh a, a more long-term injury uh, is Cody Zeller and he had hand surgery yesterday he's out for you know, you know,
1: can I just back up I'm sorry yeah, of course. Because, so the Knicks Lakers early this morning there was no over under posted because of the questionable players there's one out now It's at, and as you'd expect it's high it's at 224.5 I wonder if that'll creep up I wonder if there'll be any defense played in that Knicks Lakers game that could just be an ugly sloppy gun fest
3: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm looking forward to it
1: yeah
3: exactly <laughs> Uh, two fan bases just losing their minds over these right. border, <laughs> <laughs> just, just really Too mediocre, Two overly
1: cocky, don't deserve it. Fan bases losing their mind, exactly.
3: Right, uh, always, always a good time there. So, yeah, Cody Zeller is out for four to six weeks. Uh, we know that Willie Hernan Gomez is a fan favorite, a fantasy hey, fan favorite. Do either of you think that this? Is finally the opportunity for Hernan Gomez to actually see starters minutes, not start and play 18 minutes like he did um, two nights ago, but actually get 20 plus, maybe 24, 25 minutes a game? Or is the center rotation too cloudy?
2: I I do. I do think this is going to be the opportunity finally for Willie. We're going to free Willie here. Uh, I don't know. Is anyone going to get that reference, Ken? I get it. I All get right. it. I, I, you might be I the only one. I put one.
1: it in the notes. God. Free Willie. <laughs> yeah. he. I he love for listen. family movies. Well oh, documented. yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Early 90s family movies are the best. Okay. So he he hasn't seen a lot of run, right? Even, even uh, in the games that Zeller's missed, Willie has only seen his minutes go up from 13 to 16. I, I just think the, the starting nod – shows that the team is willing to give him a look. There's question marks about his his defense. It looks like he, miss, he misses a lot of assignments on that end and, and doesn't make the coach too happy. So Kaminsky and, and Biombo will will factor in. But I just think the production from Hernan Gomez will, will win out in the long run. We've got a significant stretch, four to six weeks, where Zeller's going to be sidelined if you have to if you're looking to pick up a player he's the one he's the one you scoop up he's the one you target for dfs cuz he's he has the highest ceiling on an individual game basis so whatever the format is he's the one i'm picking up
1: and especially if you need rebounds that's like the safest lock is is is, is Hernan Gomez getting rebounds marvel williams not really challenging him much on the boards um, alex and i were laughing Pre-show about that shocking news coming out of Charlotte this week about how, wow, the Hornets might be willing to include Frank Kaminsky in a Nicholas Batum deal. The absurdity of that story is like, are you kidding me? saying he wasn't available all season long? How many DNPs has Frank the Tank lined up this year? The, it's absurd to not give Hernan Gomez minutes. By Umbo they just took... Did they get some draft picks to eat his contract or they swapped some horrible contract to get Bayambo? They don't care about Bayambo. Frank, the tank's terrible. Willie only playing eight teams ridiculous. And a team going nowhere, it's absurd. I'm sure, his defense is lousy, but the other options are worse.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, Hernan Gomez starting, I'm, I agree that he has the highest fantasy upside. I'm just worried that he's starting because somebody has to. And that, you know, the, in the first game without Cody Zeller recently, they, uh, him, Kaminsky and Biambo essentially split minutes. They each played about 16 minutes and, you know, coach James Borrego go Noah good. Well, based on matchup, like if they're going to play the heat, they're probably gonna play Biambo more because of his defense yeah. and size. And then if they're playing like, you know, some, some more run and gun team, like the Hawks, they might just throw Kaminsky out there for more time. So it could be a game to game thing, which does worry me. Um, and makes it really hard to take advantage of in DFS unless you feel very confident uh, about a specific matchup. Before uh, we continue talking about Markeith Morris, I just want to note, super quick news came through. Marshawn Brooks, the Bulls are trying to trade Marshawn Brooks, so he's not going to be on the Bulls. Uh, That's going to be a red-hot market. he (laughs) will get a second-round pick from the Warriors. Uh, G League teams are like, ooh. Yeah, maybe maybe he can be uh, the MVP of the G League. (laughs) <laughs> uh so as we mentioned before Markeef morris has transient cervical neuropraxia i think that's how that's pronounced uh do i mean do we think that this this long-term injury to morris continues to leave the door open for guys like jeff green trevor reza and maybe especially thomas bryant because the wizards don't seem to have any confidence in jan Mahinmi me being an nba player
1: Plus Bryant isn't forty eight years old like Jeff Green and Trevor Ariza like you know bull you know Green and Ariza's knees are begging to play less not more and I definitely think this is more minutes for Bryant he's the only you know he's the only guy with an upside on that team
2: yeah I mean Morris was essentially the backup center for yeah. for the Wizards this season um I, yes absolutely Bryant's the guy who I'm picking up and Jeff, Jeff Green. Um, there is some play there in deeper leagues, 12 to 14 team leagues, but I do worry now that Otto Porter's back. Um, I mean, Ubre's gone. Jeff green will continue to get minutes. I just don't think he's going to see like, he's the type of dude who needs 35 minutes yeah. a game to really have a lot of, a lot of value. I don't think he'll keep that up, you know, maybe in the short term, but once Otto Porter start, starts getting full run, Thomas Bryant, if he continues this, this breakout, then, then it's not you know it's not about jeff green to me it's about
1: thomas bryant the problem with ariza getting more minutes is that's just more time for him to shoot 36 37% from the field
2: ariza is only going to be on this team for another 2 or 3 weeks he's getting traded again i
3: he should get traded yes. again
1: you should get right don't trust ernie grunfeld to make the smart move. How that man has been GM for 15 years of the Wizards, how he survived that second Gilbert Arenas contract is utterly beyond me. Utterly. Yeah. you must I, have pictures of the owner with donkeys or something.
2: My guess is about one month from today, we are going to be talking about like whoever, whomever is behind Jeff Green and Ariza. In the rotation right now, probably players I've never even heard of that are on the Wizards roster. Those are the guys because the Wizards are just so bad this year. You know, Walls out for the rest of the season.
1: Actually, former Badger.
2: Okay, there you go. My, but my that's my guess is because Jeff Green, he's he's always a candidate to get traded. He's been traded. He he's traded more than I change my underwear. Trevor Ariza, he he should be gone there if they're not if they're not challenging for a playoff spot what's the point of him on your roster so to me it's the guys behind those two that are interesting aside from thomas bryant who we haven't talked about enough on this podcast if thomas bryant's available in your league even in 10 team leagues uh, he deserves serious consideration
1: right so how many days did the wizards get to enjoy the aresa trade before regretting it about a week now, how much time was there between the Ariza hours. trade and then wall getting hurt <laughs> <laughs> like
3: the- <laughs> Yeah, Riza played really well for like two or three games and then he just kept doing you know, he's it kinda it kinda fell back down to earth. So
2: some some Thomas Bryant stats for you guys. Over the past two weeks, eight category leagues on Yahoo, he is the twenty-fifth ranked player. He's averaging sixteen point three points, nine point three rebounds, uh one block, and sensational uh percentages, seventy-five percent from the floor and ninety-one from, percent from the free throw line. Obviously, the 75% from the floor, is not that's not sustainable. Um, but still, I mean, he looks like a guy who can go out there and average 13, 14 points and eight or nine rebounds a game for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Well, and
1: why we're on the Wizards, why is Thomas Sadoransky's ownership only at 61%? Uh, if you look at his 30 starts last year posted a solid 10-4-6 every night with over a, a 1.1 steals a game and just sweet percentages, 53 from the field, 90 from the charity stripe. Get Thomas Sadoransky in your lineups.
3: I have to agree with that. Uh, I think, uh, as as Shannon was saying, I mean, Thomas Bryant's really interesting prospect. But, I mean, yeah, the the, the Wizards have a ton of value, um, like Sadoransky. Yeah, Saransky could win you your league if – you know, if you have a fat budget, and won me a
1: league last year, I'm looking at the glorious trophy right now. My it was my grad school league.
2: My my one concern about Satoransky is that 92 percent of Wizards fans will tell you he sucks. <laughs> like it, it's well, not it's not even debatable. But so,
1: your argument. Oh, so he's going to lose shots to Jeff Green and no, Trevor? No, no, no. <laughs> I
2: agree immediately. Like in the immediate future, he is going to get a crap ton of minutes you know he's played 32 or more minutes uh the past three games that's going to continue and with that will come a decent stat line something along the 10 5 and 5 he averaged last year during during his 30 starts so expect that i just with some of the moves the obvious moves moving these veterans like green and and, and uh trevor ariza the wizard should hopefully bring in someone who has more upside. The,
1: the- you're worried that Ron Baker maybe takes some minutes away from Sadoransky? I,
2: I mean, an <laughs> argument could be made that he should get minutes over Sadoransky, but
1: I remember when, when the Wiz picked up Baker after the Knicks cut him, I thought, well, that solves all their problems. They're good now.
2: <laughs> I, I, and no, make no mistake, Sadaransky should absolutely be owned in all 12-team leagues or deeper. 10-team yeah. leagues, maybe not. Uh, but he absolutely should be owned. is worth it if you need guard help. Uh, I just think, you know.
1: He's what are the not odds? not actually that good. What are the odds Ernie Grunfeld does the right thing and deals Bradley Beal for as many future assets as possible at the trade deadline? I think Hopefully Beal and Ariza.
2: I think that's the wrong thing. I think Beal's Ooh. the only one you hold on to. You, you trade Porter and you trade Green and Ariza and these veterans, you hold on to Bradley Beal. He's on a decent contract. He is a true all-star caliber, like I think he can carry that team if you have a really good uh, second and third star alongside him and not not duplicitous players like John Wall and Porter. Um, you, need, you need someone better than Porter, first of all, and then just someone... Like Beal and Wall do not fit perfectly. That's why you always
3: see the best from Beal when Wall's out.
1: Oh, um, yeah, man, They hate each other. They
2: you hate should each other. Don't trade Beal. Don't trade Beal. Okay.
3: My, hmm. my main concern with, with hanging on to Beal is if so if you're hanging on to beal do you you go into like do you continue to be a win now team do you still tank while hanging on to john wall
1: who wants auto porter though i mean porter's been dinged up most of this year his trade value might be at its all-time lowest frankly
3: my my worry is that okay so bradley beal's 25 right now he has two more years on his deal and they still
1: suck in two years
3: right they still suck in two years when he's 27 then he's then he's coming off his contract. What are the odds that he re-signs with this dysfunctional Wizards team that still has John Wall on it? He'll probably go for a max payday somewhere else. And then if you lose John Wall, or even if John Wall's there, it's just what's the ceiling of this team as currently constructed? Sure. If you give rid to Porter, you still have Beal and Wall's crazy money on the books.
1: Yeah, sure. I, just, I, I just don't think there's anything you hold on. You blow up as much as possible from a
2: fantasy perspective. Beal owners have to be hoping that they don't trade him because yes. with right, Wall sir. out, Beal is a top, you know, arguably, top fifteen, definitely, arguably top twelve fantasy player. Um, he's he's going to be a stud from here on out if he stays on the Wizards.
1: He sh- last four games for Beal with Wall out. He's taken between nineteen and twenty seven shots per game, and he and he has to. He probably should shoot more.
3: Yeah, I he really. I mean, he shouldn't be playing forty minutes a night. Like that's kind of it's a really bad call by Coach <laughs> Scott Brooks. Uh, as far, far I understand, yeah, I mean, he's probably coaching for his job. But at the same time, he Bradley beel in the current in the situation that the Wizards are in is just as much. Uh, as an asset as a player for them and they kind of they should probably be pulling back to like 30 32 minutes a night it's great for fantasy I mean, it's incredible but uh at the same time just from a real basketball real management perspective i'm not sure i'd be throwing bradley beale out there for 40 minutes a night even even if i was trying to win even if i was trying to get into the playoffs it's just kind you of you don't a,
1: need to showcase them more
3: yeah everyone <laughs> yeah, knows no. there's no secret yeah people are like yeah, well yeah. Is, is bradley beale good
1: Right. <laughs> well, what the Wizards really should do is get rid of Ernie Grunfeld first. Uh, well, first they should decide who Grunfeld's replacement would be, who's better at a rebuild. Grunfeld is just really good at giving out terrible contracts. That's his only skill set, apparently. Um, and, and, and let someone else who knows how to take a t- rebuild a squad run the GM office and then make all these deals. I don't trust Grunfeld at all.
3: No, and he's given you no reason to. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, I think we can probably transition to some DFS talk. Uh, you know, moving forward here, and there yeah. are some guys who we've discussed before that are interesting. Thomas Saranski's at fifty eight hundred against Miami. Well, yeah,
1: That's, let me qu- let me qu- quickly list my names because Shannon really already gave them. Go ahead. Uh, but uh, I like um, we talked about this. At, uh, Enos Cantor and Luke Cornette are both dirt cheap facing the Lakers tonight. Cantor's at fifty one hundred because of his back woes a couple of games ago. Cornette starting the Van, uh the product from Vanderbilt, the cra- the young Brooke Lopez, fifty four against the Lakers team that who knows is gonna be in the lineup. Uh I like those really cheap options. And we already said, hey, Tyus Jones at fifty eight hundred. It looks like again all the T Wolves guards are hurt, so Jones is gonna play some crazy minutes.
3: Yeah, and um yeah, if you're if you're looking for some uh, those, those guys are great for like GPP low ownership guys. I mean, Cornet's probably going to be high ownership, but no one's taking. I mean, generally, I don't think most people would take Cantor and Cornet. But if those guys, I mean, we we know that Cantor only needs 24 minutes to reach value. I mean, he could put up a 15 and 15 game in 24 minutes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I am worried about how many minutes he will receive. Um, but we shall see one guy who is cheap that I like is Wendell Carter jr. Um, I expect lower ownership on him. He's at 4,900. Um, he only played 13 minutes his last game. He, his production has been up and down ever since marketing got returned to the action, but this, and the matchup isn't necessarily good. You look at Indiana and you're like, all right, they're stout defensive team, but Wendell Carter's actually done really well against them in 30 in two games. He's averaged 36 fantasy points,
1: there's risk. Come on, but, off a real stinker.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, arguably his worst game of the year. It was it was a blowout, Um so that's part of it. But I, I like him. I like him tonight in that matchup. I think the the lineups that Indiana runs out means that there's more minutes for the opposing big men. Um So so hopefully you know that works out. And as far as, as as an expensive player goes, it's hard to move off of Cats Cap. Kat. Carl anthony Towns right now, Um, just unstoppable the last handful of games. Um, He has a 69-point, a a 70-point, and an 86-point outing, coming off a 55-point fantasy outing. Um, He's locked into 37, 38 minutes per game because everyone on the Timberwolves team is hurt. Um, He's going to see 20-plus shots. Uh, So I love him tonight. He's still under 10,000. Uh, 9,900 uh, going against Orlando, which which is a tough matchup. Uh, Orlando's been good against opposing big men this year. Um, but with the way Cat's playing, you know, he even put up that 55 fantasy points against Boston, for instance. So he's, he's just... That kind of upside for someone under 10,000 usually isn't found.
3: Right. And, yeah, I think there are actually plenty of guys who are at the top of the player pool as far as price is concerned that I do... Like, uh, I mean, Devin Booker at 9,000, he's always liable for 50 or 60 fancy points. If we're talking upside, Oladipo at 8,800 against Chicago, who's guarding him? Uh, Damian Lillard is never a horrible call at 8,600, although going against OKC uh, is not ideal. And I think, you know, there there are a fair amount of mid price guys that I'm interested in as well. Chris Dunn is at 6,100, might be more of a cash play at this point. Um, we talked about Rosier. You Rozier. guys
1: Paul George in his hot hand, going against a pretty mediocre Portland uh, front court. Yeah,
2: yeah I. No, Paul, it's 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 hard to go against Paul George. He, he is similar to Towns. I mean,
1: it's that's my I debate: like, is Towns or George? You can't yeah, have both. You can't have and both.
2: I, and I'm going Towns because the more the likelihood of him hitting 50 or 60 fancy points is higher than George. George has been remarkably consistent um he does have one big like 80 point outing from a couple weeks ago um, but he's he's been locked into that 45 to 55 point range pretty much all year so yeah he's he's been great and you should continue, continue to expect him to be great because he picks up those defensive stats as well which,
1: here, which is here's, huge here, part. my george argument over towns obviously they're both great options but the orlando minnesota game orlando's pace always scares me um the over/unders only two twelve. Uh, they're second best against center opposing centers, um, and George is a little cheaper. Yeah, uh, there's my there's my spiel.
2: My so I mentioned earlier, you know, the Lakers Knicks game. I was looking at it a lot, and, and I was actually siding with the Knicks side. Um, Ken, you mentioned Luke Cornett. I've got him in my lineup. I like Kevin Knox. He's playing over thirty five minutes per game. Um, I I still, you know, it's not, the production's not always there, but he's getting the volume. He's at 5,900. He takes 15, 16 shots every single game. Uh, And the minutes have actually been closer to 40 minutes per game. Um, Moutier, I like that matchup against the Lakers. He's at 6,000. Meanwhile, on the Lakers side, like Lonzo Ball's at 7,700. To me, that's That's a lot. He's unusable at that price. He is the 17th highest Salary player for tonight's slate. That's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. I can't use Lonzo Ball at that price. You know, he he's more expensive than Kuzma. Um, He's more expensive than than Ingram. Ingram the past couple games has been better than Ball, like significantly better than Ball. So to me, you just you can't go Ball. Go with some of the other options from the Lakers. Go with Ingram. Cold, Caldwell Pope's 40, 4900 Those are the guys I like on that side. But it's actually in the Knicks side that I think we're going to see the best value. Yeah, and
3: they're—I mean—they're—they're I mean, they're, they're always guys who I—I'm a huge fan of like that six thousand range guys who are are in there that can go for forty or fifty. Jason Tatum's interesting to me because I, you know, with Kyrie out and Marcus Morris questionable, I don't expect Gordon Hayward to shoot fourteen of eighteen again. Uh, and I think tagum may take the opportunity assuming morris is out uh to to have a good game here t.j warren at 6200 is always interesting i can't i can't quit t.j warren uh <laughs> like very clear 50 fantasy point upside at 6200 i mean that's a that's a you know theoretically an everyday guy in gpps um yeah thomas bryant's in there at at six thousand. you could if you're looking for a low ownership play malcolm brogdon at 5800 against atlanta maybe that's more for cash but yeah I mean tons tons of value on the slate um this one this one I think is going to be a lot of fun uh I'm I'm actually really curious to see what kind of ownership rates the the Lakers guys get especially ball at 7700 I mean we know the kind of upside he has but a lot of that's on the defensive end and you're not rewarded as much for that on DraftKings as you are on FanDuel so if his price was 7700 on FanDuel I'd be like well maybe he gets four steals and four blocks and it's this you know just massive game um, where you get twenty four fantasy points just off of that, um, but yeah, that that feels a little high to me. Um, I guess is is there anybody else that you guys are interested in before we kind of, before we kind of, you know, uh, take I'm gonna, I'm gonna say
2: I'm gonna say this guy's last name wrong. Uh, the rookie guard, shooting guard for the Hawks, Kevin Herder, Herder, yeah, Herder, okay,
1: Herder, yeah,
2: bingo. Uh, Herder is at forty six hundred. Um he's not very exciting, you know, he, he hovers around 20-22 fantasy points per game, but he's he's locked in to significant playing time. The last two games he's played 40 and 44 minutes. Um he's chucked up 14 and 15 shots in those two outings. Um tons of three-pointers, so that gives you a little bit of boost on DraftKings. He hasn't done much in the other stats. He doesn't get any defensive stats. You know, occasionally he'll get a few assists and a couple of rebounds, but but he, those counting stats, he doesn't do a ton in. But I, I'm still waiting for one of those games where, you know, he's, he's getting the minutes, he's getting the volume, the usage. So there's going to be a game where he goes off and goes 10 for 15. Right. Um, you know, hit, hits five, six, seven three pointers. Maybe he gets a couple steals. So I, I think there, there's upside for that, given the crazy amount of playing time he's getting. That 4,600 seem, seems like a usable range for him.
3: It does. I would not be afraid to lock him in cash most nights at that price. Um, So now that we have gone through our DraftKings picks, that means it's time uh, to go to Ken's old man rant.
1: You know what I hate? Late trophy senders. Every fantasy sports league should have a big, ugly trophy like the Stanley Cup that gets passed around from winner to winner. Wives are supposed to hate the trophy that you proudly display on your mantle, but nothing chaps my hide like an old winner being late in shipping the trophy to the new winner. You listeners that are still this late in the pod know what I'm talking about, and I'm calling out RotoWire co-owner Jeff Erickson on this. A few years ago, he claims to have, quote-unquote, lost a trophy. You lost a trophy that's on your mantle?! Also, three months late in sending out our baseball trophy. It's a 29-year-old league, uh, a 28-year-old league. He now owes me uh, from that same league that's on the football side. He owes me a trophy. I don't know when I'm going to get it. I will be updating it on the pod uh, to hopefully shame Jeff, though I'm not sure he makes it this late into the pods. Anyway, old winners, ship those trophies ASAP.
2: I can piggyback on shaming Jeff. Uh, he is the commissioner of our keeper league for baseball. I finished in second place in the 2018 season, and I have not received my winnings yet.
3: Ah! Hmm. Is this the first time a co-owner of RotoWire has been officially called out on publicly a podcast. shamed publicly yes. shamed yeah, on a podcast?
1: Probably. Not the last. <laughs>
3: uh, well, it's fun working with you guys. <laughs> while it lasted uh this has been the rotowire fantasy basketball podcast it's presented by DraftKings. uh can you have one more thing for us
1: usually we go with nba players uh last week but we're not going to this week but we are going to return to vegas like we did the, uh last week with frank sinatra maybe i should have used this before new year's but anyway we'll use it right after new year's frank sinatra wisely once said quote i feel sorry for people who don't drink When they wake up in the morning, that's the best they're going to feel all day. Oh, Francis Albert. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line.